want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one on my name, mine on hand, on the thorn and the soul, and I won't want to see. I want to talk about you, 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 usually. Never. But occasionally, I want to talk about me. Can we talk about me? I want to talk about me. <laughs> Holy shit. It is episode number 14 of this crazy, crazy podcast, that journey that we've been on, Goose Chasing, brought to you by Tag and Brag and Tag and Brag Productions. We are also brought to you by Tag and Brag Apparel. You can visit our website, tagandbrag.co, for the latest monthly apparel, and also Tag and Brag Land Management where we build management plans together and then shoot big deer and celebrate and talk about it and make fun of the people who don't do it. So <laughs> just kidding, but we should build a land management plan together. So if you guys are interested in doing something of the sorts, we offer a bunch of different array of services and uh, hopefully we can meet your needs and make your hunting just a little bit better. I mean, Camp Cutlet, New York, from what it's gone from to what it's come to is pretty incredible. I was thinking about your hunt from this past week, turkey hunt, that footage, it's fucking insane. It looks like Heartland Bowhunter, like it it's easily could just be on the outdoor channel, no if, ands, or buts about it, and... Like, that scene right there, you got three birds coming in, destroying a decoy, A7, amazing DSLR footage, and you hammer one, all while self-filming. Like, that stage, I, like, I don't know if it was ever unattainable. I don't know that we were going to ever let it be unattainable, but there was a time where that seemed unreachable for us. It did, and the the cool thing is, I I try to take this in more, but that, like, it literally was, and I did take it in, in the field by myself. But I'm like, this is the dream. Like when we were 12, 14 years old, maybe even like, even eight years ago, 25 years old, 20 years old, exactly. Literally, what we're doing to our property is what I like we were dreaming about. Yep. I mean, honestly, we would, you know, two, three hour car rides, we would literally talk about just everything we wanted to do and how awesome it would be and what it would create. And like we dreamed of the yeah, the crazy turkey hunts we could have or the big deer we would hunt and follow. And we were just like planning through our minds how to get there like you do when you're just, you're, you're dreaming of stuff that you, that you strive for in your life. And then we're making it reality. And I was like, I, I, it really hit me hard over that turkey hunt. Cause it, I, I thought about the same thing. I'm like, that was insane. Yeah, no, I, 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 you sent me that footage and I watch it over and over again on my phone and the pictures and just everything. And I'm, I was literally thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, this is, this is it. Like, this is it. This is what we've strived for to create that in just a given morning in the spring. And this is like turkey hunting. We weren't even into turkey hunting six, eight years ago. Like we weren't even really turkey hunters. We were just messing. We're still like, we're still not really like good at it, but to be able to create that, that scenario and that moment, you know, when you look when you look back four or five years ago, there wasn't a turkey to speak of on that property. Like we were hunting turkeys, but we were really just taking a gun for the walk for a walk in the woods because there hunting, was not, yeah. not turkeys to be hunted on that property. There just wasn't. And no. the the land management has completely changed that. The obviously the addition of food plots and year-round food and also creating cover for them to nest in and stuff like that's all that's created that. And, you know, it seems like 
a blink of an eye now, you know, when you're in the moment, but it's been so many years of just head down working like, and I don't know. I, I, it's so, it's such a weird thing for me. Like I, I, all week I've been thinking about it since you, since you killed that bird, you know, and, and just maybe it was the way that it was captured. And I mean, I think I was thinking about it too. Like we have great camera equipment, but we do a lot with probably what people, you know, would consider very little as far as camera, camera equipment goes. I mean, we push our equipment to the max, like up until a week and a half ago, we literally had like three, maybe four different lenses for our two DSLRs that both of us have in two different States. Yeah. Like, and we finally got like a, you know, a bigger, um, what is it? A two to 500 lens that, yeah. And, and so I don't know, maybe it's because of that and just the way that you captured it and being able to, to see it like that, that it just like (laughs) kind of, popped in our in my mind but it's yeah I mean, i'm laughing too because i didn't i didn't really take this until now but i've i filmed it with a camera that we told we were told we should throw away like four, four years, years ago yeah, yeah easily how old is this camera it's the original sony a7 the original mirrorless sony a7 i mean it's gotta be 10 years old it's gotta be yeah I mean, what, like we, I'm pretty sure we had that on our first North Dakota trip, if I remember correctly. We, yeah, we may it have. It was definitely one of the first, one of the first couple. So it's, it's nine, it's nine or 10 years old. I mean, yeah, that's like, we cracked the screen on it. That thing's probably. been sent back, I yeah. think, replaced the screen. I mean, it's, when you look at it, you're like, man, this thing has been through the ringer. We've gotten every, Penny's worth of that camera. She's a workhorse. Just got some more. But yeah, I mean, getting back to it, like, you know, we're here now. We weren't here five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Like this was all a consecutive dream that just, that we just kept building on. And yeah, I think the biggest thing with that is even with these like land management plans, anyone that's watching stuff we do now, not even us, just like maybe Grant Woods or whoever's been documenting, you know, working on their properties for a long period of time, like it doesn't happen over no, it doesn't even happen in the course of a year. So it just, I think it's, it's taken this long to really take in, like we're at the we're at a lot of the points we've been dreaming of, but it's been so many years of that work that comes in and that takes a while to give you results. Like when you're letting deer go and this and that, like it doesn't, it doesn't even happen over the course of a year. Sometimes it takes three, four five years. Dude, no way. I mean, this is, this is a long process. It's a long process. So I think that's, I think that's part of why it's just really hitting us now is because it's, it's taken that long to, to get here. And I have to like, I try to take it back a notch. Cause I get really hard on myself that I want, like, I still with how good it's gotten, I want everything to be better. Like I'm still trying to be like, how can this be better? This is not good enough, this and that. And so you have to, you have to realize where you're at, the results that you've, you've attained thus far. But at the same time, that mentality has also helped us be successful and we'll continue to do so. So, um, there's a happy medium there, but yeah, I just, I, I'm on the property a couple times a week and I'm like, this needs to be this way to be better. This needs to be this way to be better. So it's never, it's never ending grind. No, it is. It's a never ending grind, but you do have to give yourself a little grace in the fact that, you know, you, you think about how many people would literally, would give 10 years to, to be in the position that we're in, to have the opportunities that we have just on that one, one piece of property in Western New York. That's it, yeah. you know, and 
you know, we're lucky enough. Well, not, not lucky enough. I mean, we've, we've put ourselves in a position to obviously enjoy that as our home base and, and still, you know, travel around and, you know, get experience in other places and stuff like that too. So there is, you do have to like sit back and whether you pat yourself on the back or whatever you want to do, but you just have to kind of reflect and and be proud of what, what has come of it. Because I mean, we grew up, we were hunting the same, what we were hunting a fraction of that piece of property with four times as many guys and you know, rooting around the woods and just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to think about and it's crazy that it's come to fruition, but it's, but it's also not because when you, when you have goals and you work hard and you just, there's no, and when there's no excuses in the way of eventually getting to that, obviously you have to have patience along the way, but, um, it's not surprising either. I think it's, I think it's more surprising for me, just because it's, it's fucking New York, dude. Like it's New York. Like nobody's going to Turkey hunt New York. Nobody's going to buy deer tags out of state for New York. That's just not, it's not what people are doing. There's not like, it's not, it's just not what people are doing. Not unless you're not unless likely that not unless you live in Northeast Ohio or maybe North Northwest Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, And that's just like where your property is because it's close. But right. other than that, there's no one from like Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, whatever, Kentucky, Kentucky, Kansas. like, oh, we're, let's go hunt in New York. I mean, not very few. No. And if you very would, few. if you would take some of these videos, you know, that we've had the opportunity to shoot over the last handful of years and you would show them to anybody else, really, like New York would probably be the last spot that they would say that those videos were shot from. And for that to be kind of like our home base and what, you know, really where we grew up hunting and really what's kind of, you know, made us into this right here, um, to be able to create that there is even more special, I think, to all of us. So. Yeah, it's, oh, it's awesome. It's cool, too. Every time I drive around, um, just the, the area up there, it's... <coughs> Like I'm, I always, every time I drive around, I see a new food plot going in, you know, on a property that we've passed for 30 years and no one ever has done anything with it. New food plot going in or a shooting house, whatever goes up here. And you're just like, wow, I don't know. I'm not saying it's because of us, but it's just like, I mean, people are catching, people are catching on to putting work in or just managing your deer can go a long way. And it's just cool to see the area changing because we've said it our whole life. Like that area, the habitat there has the deer have everything they need to flourish and be as big as they get in some of these other, you know, top states for big deer. They have everything they need there. The the uh, regulations in New York have, I think, have always been the reason why it can never get to the next step. But like if every if a ton of landowners come together and they're all doing similar things, it could, it could change that regardless of the, of the regulations. But, um, it's pretty cool to see the changes. I'm, it's a good, it's a sleeper state. It really is. Deer can get big there. Yeah. I mean, you put the work in, like you said, the, the habitat's not just good for the deer. It's, it's good for all wildlife. I mean, it's just, it's crazy with the, with the incredibly intense change in climate throughout the year, how that section of the country or that section of New York state is so um, like game positive. Like there's, there's just a lot of game there now. I mean, there is, you know, even the turkeys now. So we, when, like you said, when you drive around and you see new food plots going in and, a new shooting house or another little like maybe double wide trailer going in for a little hunt camp or whatever. Like if those people are putting in work, it's not just benefiting the deer. Like it's benefiting everything. It's yeah. benefiting everything. And we're seeing that we like, we are, we're seeing the results of that, you know, happen before our eyes. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Just kind of chasing a dream that, you know, 
I know it's a small part of the country and small part of New York State to begin with, but to be able to have a little bit of an impact on it just based on, you know, us chasing a dream is, is pretty cool. Yeah, and I... I mean, everybody, I don't know, everybody that loves the outdoors, they're, I don't know, in my opinion, your dream is to buy a chunk of land, small or big, and yep. make call it your own. And yeah, call it your own and make it yours. So it's yep. just, that's that's what it is. That's like, that's part of, in my opinion, an, an American dream. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's an indescribable feeling, owning a piece of ground and being able to, do whatever you know anything you want to landscape it or just make it better you can do and when you do that and for a long period of time and see results i don't know i i recommend uh anyone that's fortunate enough to be able to buy some land like it, it doesn't it could be small it could be five acres ten acres but it's worth it's worth doing it they're not making you know they don't make any more land so well, for the little time that we all have here on this earth to be able to have a little chunk of ground that you can call your own and that, you know, you can kind of control for the time that you're here is, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that is the American dream. Um, when it, Like bare bones, you know, it's not like getting rich and famous and all this money and toys and all that like it's that is you know that's the slice of the american dream that is actually still alive <laughs> you know yeah, yeah it's still attainable because some of what you know the quote-unquote american dream used to be i think is kind of fading away into all this mess that we have in the world today but um but yeah when you get down to the bare bones of it yeah owning your own little chunk of ground or just being able to control you know a little chunk of ground and manipulating it to better the wildlife and to better your pursuit of the wildlife is, is pretty cool. Or whatever. I mean, it could be, yeah, you could, it could be grooming four wheeler track. Like I just want to go ride on it. Right. Whatever. It could be raising horses or raising livestock or chickens. Yeah. Whatever. Gar whatever gardens is, but being able to put, put like, time and effort into the land and then without any money transfer getting something out of that is quality shit it will improve the quality of your life i agree with you that i can promise you it will do that i was cleaning out one of my old hunting jackets no boy and i found these those glasses you found these, found these glasses are a little crushed but you probably uh man i was really trying to get them small when <laughs> you were probably looking for those for quite uh, some time definitely looking for them for a long time <laughs> always before you got lasik it was always oh, fuck, i forgot my glasses I forgot my glasses uh i forgot my glasses no don't I'm, worry no should we go back no don't worry about it i'm like well what are you gonna do when you gotta like focus on the camera or shoot something my uh, goodness. Uh, 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 no, don't worry about it. Folks, if you're a outdoorsman or woman and you wear glasses and you have the opportunity to get LASIK, do it. Can you get late? Like, I was thinking, because my eyes are definitely um, not the great. Like, they're not as good as they used to be. Like, here's it. So I got my driver's license in Tennessee like a couple months ago and I'm in the fucking you know I'm in the DMV and there's I'm downtown Nashville and there so there's ah. it's, it's 30 people in there you know everybody's sitting watching like the four people that are you know yeah and I can't stand like put some freaking elevator music on or something in the background dude the DMVs I was in there this week also so quiet it is, you could hear a pin drop and everyone's like, she's like, is this your current address? Is this your social security number? Is this your data, your weight? And, you know, like, yeah, shut up. Like, hey, uh, a little louder for everyone in the back. Like, can you hear all my information? So I get in there and, like, I have to do one of those eye test things. You, Dude. You almost fail it? <laughs> I, Dude. I get in there and normally, like, the last one that I've done, 
I, the last one that I can remember that I did, fucking killed it. Like Which the bottom, was, the yeah, very bottom line. I mean, ten years ago. Oh, easily. <laughs> the very bottom line. I'm there. You know, what do you want me to read? Like, tell me what you want. I'll fucking close one eye and do it. I'll close the other eye and do it. Whatever this, that, and the other. So. Dude, I get in there and she's like, read line six. I think there's eight lines. She's like, read line six. And I'm like looking at line six and it starts with like a eight, <laughs> an eight, a six and an eight. Or maybe it was B, five, <laughs> B, eight. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like reading it and, and I, I'm, <laughs> I literally, I'm like looking at it and I'm like, gosh, this is fucked up. Like I literally am having trouble seeing what that letter is or number couldn't tell you what it is <laughs> so i read it off and she's like no sir line six and i'm like that's oh. what i was reading i'm like fuck that's what i was reading <laughs> <laughs> now i'm now i'm panicking dude i'm panicking and so i'm like oh oh sorry so i i read it off again and like i got the first the left side right and then the, there's a middle section yeah. that, was, that was easy because I could see it with both eyes. But apparently my left eye is not that good anymore. Like, and so, and then as I got, as I was reading left to right, like it got better. But dude, I, I read through it three times and she literally told me multiple times, like, hey, no, line six. And she's like, she asked me in the middle of it. She's like, do you wear glasses? And I was like... No, never. Not. I should. Apparently, I should. Somehow, she just let it slide. I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I came to the realization. I'm like, fuck. Like, that's not good. I mean, I can, I, I can see fine. You know, I, like I can see fine. But when it comes down to like the, you know, the finer details of things and the reading, you know, it's got to be yeah. because I look at a editing and stuff i look at a screen so much and it just over time over the years i mean i'm 35 years old too so it's like that's not helping my cause either but holy fuck and like you were saying with when your eyes were bad like how is this affecting me shooting my bow you know what oh I mean? oh my god it was driving me crazy because i mean i i mean 20 30 40 50 you know even 60 yards like i'm i'm pretty solid with but then getting out even more distance, you know, I really start to struggle. And especially with a single pin, just kind of covering like everything. And it's obviously like your finite point out to that distance is blurred or it's skewed a little bit at that point. So yeah. I was like, damn, maybe I, I don't know. Can you get LASIK without ever having glasses or ever having like a quote unquote eye problem? Yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah, you just go to a LASIK place and they just they get your prescription for you. You don't have to be like I mean, you can you can get a prescription or you can just go get an eye exam somewhere and get your prescription, but they're going to do that anyway with your wherever you would get LASIK. So, it doesn't really matter. Well, that might be but joining the, the club soon cause... The thing is too, when it happens when your eyes go bad, it happens over a long period of time. So, most of the time you don't like even like you just said, you're like I can see fine. I was telling myself the same thing, because but you actually can't see because you don't fine. know what you don't know what seeing good is anymore. Right. So no, you're right. So I I like I dealt with it for dude. I dealt with it for six eight years probably, which is so dumb. Yeah. But like you don't know you don't you think it's almost normal. And again, mine weren't horrible. It's not like I was like I'm getting out of bed, like tapping everything trying to find my glasses yeah but you know when i'm driving and a quarter mile up like you're trying to see a you know a speed limit sign or a whatever an exit yeah. sign or whatever you're trying to read and you're like you you can't see it until you're like right next to it it's like you have it's a time. you well you can be tuned up right you're, you're okay but you need to you can be tuned up right yeah. well even even like when we were up at camp couple weeks ago and you know we were driving around the block in the evening looking for birds and stuff like that like somebody would say bird in a field and i would be like where and then you know it would take me a second oh, but dude you don't you guys realize like what you're missing out, you, you know and this is you know 
two, three hundred yards away in a field. So you're not, it's really not as easy, but though like that as a hunter, that's important. Like you need that, you know, (laughs) especially when you get into like the whitetail and the big game side of things, like you need, you'll miss. I don't even know. I would hate to know what I've missed in like the time I didn't have glasses, which actually wasn't a huge period of time. I, I, I got into glasses, but glasses suck, uh, hunting with sucks for binoculars sucks for putting a mask on yeah they're just terrible to work with any condensation you're done oh my god it's so you're looking through the shower window yeah i mean honestly the the biggest thing what you learn you know you put your mask under your nose which is still kind of annoying but the biggest thing is the binoculars if you're if you use utilize that tool a lot because you can't, you're not looking through your glasses, then through the binoculars, right? You, you, gotta you can. Clear. No, you can do that too. It just, yeah, it just, they're on glass. So it's just like, Man, you're not getting as close to your eyes. So you're not getting that full picture. So a lot of times I would do both depending on how quick it was, but you have to change the focus if it's right. looking through your glasses or your regular eyes. But most of the time I just like take the eyelids of the binoculars and like bump up the glasses and then go underneath them. But Definitely, uh, definitely worth doing. I would have, I wish I would have done it sooner. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to start looking into something like that. Yeah, it is. What's the longevity? Do they know? Like, are you fixed forever? Obviously your, if your eyes can begin to deteriorate, I would assume even with LASIK after a certain amount of time that goes away too. Yeah, I mean, they say like you're you're pretty much good. I think you you can go back for like touch ups if you need it. I think that's mainly for if they didn't correct them perfectly. Oh, uh, they can touch. They can like yeah, you can do touch ups. You back in. No yeah. kidding. That's it. That's crazy. Um, and most of the times, like they, it's a little extra money, but you pay and it's like lifetime warranty. Like they give you a lifetime touch up. Right. You're you're good. You're good to go. But uh, they'll tell you after like and and they'll tell you after like 40 to 50 years old, you'll need reading glasses. But she's like, that's that's not because of LASIK. You're going to need those anyway. Regardless. Yeah. So. um, That that makes sense. So that's that's all you need. But yeah, pretty much it's you're you're good. Hmm. Hmm. It's definitely better than. I mean, yeah, I'm the not no glasses thing is it's definitely increased my quality of living. That's for sure. So yeah, that, I mean, just one less one less thing to worry about. It's one of your five senses. Like you could, you can't really put a price tag on that. No, and I can't. I can when I'm driving. I can pick shit out like it's crazy. You're it's back, crazy. but I had to do the eye test too at the DMV uh, this this week and. I could, I could read everything on that whole board. Right. That's yeah. That's how I used to be. Like she told me to go down to like one of the older, like the bigger ones. And I was like, really, this is the one you're going to have me read. Yeah. But they don't, I don't think they, they pass everybody on that thing. I was in there and there was, I'm sorry. There was an elderly man had to be in his mid eighties. He didn't even know. Dude, he didn't know anything. What was going on in that thing? And finally, she was just like, okay, come back up. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's, there's no way she's going to give him a license. And she was like, she gave him one. She's there like, all go. right, we got to take your picture. I'm like, that dude. And then this other kid was in there after me while I was getting my whatever, checking out. And she said, read a line. And he read three letters and then was done. And And she was like, there's six. And he was like, I don't see six. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> And then she gave him a license. You got one eye closed, cuz. Oh my god, <laughs> crazy. Just give him, just give him a license. Fuck it. Just take the money and run. Meanwhile, I've been trying for two months to get my plates down here in Tennessee, and I can't because of a fucking stupid title. Still issue. can't do that, huh? Dude, I just got another temporary plate yesterday. Because I was back in there and I, yeah, I don't know. I got a call. I got to get a memorandum title somehow, but everybody's pointing the finger at everyone. 
key bank is like, no, the Chrysler Capital should have it. Chrysler Capital is like, oh, no, 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 key bank should have it. And then the DMV down here is like, well, you have to request it. And then key bank's like, no, the DMV has to request it. And then it'll get sent to them. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. this is You guys figure this. I mean, you almost need to just come back and get a damn. Dude, I, I but I can't. Now, here. <laughs> I have a Tennessee driver's license. Oh, yeah, my God. What a mess. And, yeah, anyway. What a mess. We don't need to get into that. Let's, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this turkey hunt, cuz? Oh, man. So, dude, I honestly was not even, like, I, I wasn't thinking in my head i have to like i i, I want to kill another bird i I'm, no, i know I'm, you weren't i know I'm, i have the mindset too number one i this is this is a true story when they were coming in i was debating on not killing one you're insane i was literally debating on not uh, like, they're beating out of decoys i'm like i'm like i might just not kill one of these things because this this i'm like this is badass he's already dead he's already dead yeah. or, or one of them is and <laughs> I'm like, but I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get them off these decoys ever. No, you're going to have then, to go out and judo chop them. And then the footage was so good and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm killing one. You know, there was three of them. Okay. If there was one of them, I don't think I would have shot him. But um, must be nice folks out there. <laughs> good good I, Lord. I, dude, it has nothing to do with filling tags for me. I just like. No, I know it doesn't. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Like exactly like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast like experience that living the dream i'm like this is all i needed like i yep the property just did this to me and i'm like what do i need to all right and then i was like i kind of want cutlets there's three of them i'm shooting cutlets and i already <laughs> i already ate the cutlets. so the cut the the uh, left the left frontal lobe of the cutlet brain kicks in and all of a sudden it's like yeah i gotta i gotta wax one of these things yeah but yeah the th three of three of them being together like you know because there there wasn't there Dude, there was been... birds in the background i mean it looked like a fucking turkey <laughs> jurassic park there like you were living in nebraska or kansas where there's like 35 birds and it's just like yeah there's some of them 80 yards over there cackling and strutting and some of them are over here and some of them are way back there like take your pick i i uh it's been it's been weird because there's been a ton of birds there the last like week and a half it's been or week i i should say is ever since you guys left it's just been quiet like we haven't been seeing a lot of birds on the cameras and just i haven't i've been up there a few mornings i've heard a couple birds but it's like when i hear one it's like that's the only one goblin and that's it. And then, you, like, normally all the other places you normally hear them roosted, you don't hear a peep out of them. So you're like, are they here or is there just, like, not a lot of birds? Um, but those just caught them at the right time. I had been up there. And we always say this, like, these these birds, you can cruise around the block or cruise around the area. And they're out usually with a couple hens before they go to roost. So you usually catch a group that is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they just happen to be in uh, one of our fields. I mean, till like 730 that night, I watched them. I got some sweet, sweet pictures. I don't even know if I got footage of them. I was just taking sweet photos of them. Um, and uh, I actually didn't know where they roosted. I just knew they had to be close because they went off the field into this cover and I'm like, all right, they're, I don't know where they're roosted, but they're not, they can't be far. I tried to fire them up that night in the roost at dark, no peeps. So I'm just like, you know what? They're close. I got to hunt. I got to hunt in the morning. And usually the same thing also, they, you see them in that field the night before, not always, but they tend to want to go back to the same field in the morning, at least for a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I went to that field. We already had a blind set up there in a perfect spot. And so I just got in the blind. I'm like, I'm by myself. If I'm going to film a hunt, I'm like, I'm bringing the A7 with this big lens. I'm not doing this like run and gun style. The footage isn't going to be good. Not, I'm not going out there to just mission, to kill. mission yeah. kill a bird. It's mission capture with the camera. And 
we'll see what happens. So I brought the big lens. I had three cameras going. Um, <laughs> and uh, they did. They were gobbling in the roost. They were actually where I thought they would be. And I heard them fly down. Um, I had a hen come through the field real early. I don't even know where she was roosted because she was, it was like, it was still very dim. You'll see in the footage. Um, and I, and I didn't hear, yeah, I didn't hear her fly down. So it was super weird, but she came, she just grazed all the way through the field and then left. And then those birds over the course of 30 to 40 minutes, they would gobble every five minutes or so. Sounds like they're just kind of in the same location. And then they gobbled again, maybe 20 minutes later, and they were definitely closer. And I'm just like, I'm, I called a couple times with the box call. They did not respond to the call, which was weird. And, but then I heard those gobbles that were a little bit closer and I'm like, you know what? They're, they're coming this way. I don't know what they're doing. And then it got to the point where we have, I explained this in the video. We have a little just micro food plot that's outside of like 50 to 60 yards away from the main field I'm hunting. And they were definitely in that and they gobbled probably, I don't know, six, eight times in there over the course of like 10 to 15 minutes. Like they were held up up there. I didn't know why I hit the call. They respond immediately to the call and I'm like, okay, now they're coming. They're like right there. And then it was another like 10, 15 minutes before I, before I saw a glimpse of one. And I didn't know this at the time, but they were, I mean, they had two or three hens there. There was a Jake, like they, they weren't, they didn't, they weren't seeking my call. They, I think they, I think all the birds moved into the field because of my call and the previous hen that came through there was yelping as well. So they knew there were birds down there. Right. Right. And that definitely helped, but they were not like coming like, you know, when sometimes they're fired up and cut the distance, they'll, they'll go 200 yards and whatever 30 seconds it was not like that but then yeah they i just saw them enter the field and um the the three long beards were actually first and they kind of peeked their head around the corner of the field and immediately saw the decoys and they didn't run in they just i mean kind of fast walk just the three of them and then i see a jake behind them and then two three hens behind them and i'm like holy crap the flock just came out here <laughs> but i just see him walking right at the decoys and i'm like oh my god it's over or like game on but it's funny that like those birds the the gobblers had to be coming to your call a little bit because like they weren't following the like they were leading the pack yeah yeah i don't know but- what they were doing they were just i don't know I don't know what they were doing. They were probably just browsing and coming through that. It's, it's real <laughs> thick up there. It's real they're thick. They're probably like, we're with hens, but that one sounds kind of good. That one sounds good. Yeah. That one's kind of good. I know where that one's at, but we're with hens, but they don't really, they're not really receptive. Well, yeah. that one sounds kind of good. <laughs> and like I said, the hen that was in the field definitely helped because she was giving some nice, yeah, a couple, a few nice clucks, raspy ones, nice yelps going on. And I'm like, this is perfect. Um, but then the, the last yeah two times i i just kind of quietly hit the call and they like cut me off and i'm like okay they're yeah they're in they're they're interested they're just they're yeah they're coming they're coming to this field i knew at that point they're there's like the only field to go to once from the roost to getting closer it's just all cover i'm like they have to come to this field and then it's just going to be about seeing the decoys and i knew the other thing we've found is that when there's more than one bird usually and they see the decoys it's usually a challenge thing like a competition thing and they're coming in we've had instances where if it's a solo bird it's a it's a little bit different sometimes he don't want to come into the decoy um or he's almost like afraid of the challenge yeah he's afraid of the challenge but three of them together and i obviously from the night prior i knew there was three together so um i'm like that's that's why a decoy set up I'm like, it's going to work. It's got to, but yeah, they came right. They waltzed straight in and they just started beating the hell out of the decoys. And I was just getting such good footage. I looked, it was almost, or it was three minutes wow. on, on the decoys. And some of that was, some of that was because I was just getting insane footage of them. But some of it was like, they're all bunched up in a group. And yeah. I was honestly at like a minute and a half probably 
I mean, you see in the GoPro footage, like I got my gun up, like, dude, I probably did this five to eight times. I'm like trying to shoot and then they would bunch up and I'm like, I cannot <laughs> touch two birds with one of these BBs. Like, you, I don't didn't wanna, want to, you didn't want to shoot one to begin with. So I'm like, I'm not, yeah, I'm like, I'm not touching a bird with another BB. And then there were hens like behind them kind of. And I'm just like, man, I'm, I want one of these things to clear. And then, <laughs> and then one would like pop out maybe two, three yards away. And I had the camera kind of zoomed in. So I'd move it over a little bit. I'd get the gun up and then boom, he'd run right back to the decoys. And then I'm just like, this is insane. So <laughs> you guys, if you haven't already seen this hunt, it is now out on our YouTube channel. So you need to, you need to go check it out. It's just, it's for springtime and turkey hunting. It's, it's what you dream about. Yeah. It looks like a, I mean, to us, at least it looks like some, I don't know, Kansas or Nebraska. I don't even know. It just, I don't know why it's so crazy when you have multiple long beards beating the hell out of a decoy. Because it's crazy. It's crazy. They're beating the hell out of a fake fucking turkey. And I've watched this footage so many times. I mean, normally when birds come into a decoy, you give them like whatever, 10 seconds, they hammer it like one time and then you shoot them. But to see what, to see the moves that these turkeys make after like, you know, two, three minutes of pounding a decoy. I mean, there's some of their like sidekicks and they're like wing punches. Like they'll actually like jab or, or like right hook with a wing. And it's crazy <laughs> to watch. Uh, give it the old Mayweather wing. But it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's crazy to see those birds do that honestly that's what you like you get a hunt it's what you dream of them coming in like that three of them i mean it's just so yeah crazy yeah it's they're such pretty birds um it was a gorgeous morning which helped i mean this it was a 70 degree day at that point it wasn't that warm but the you know clear sky sun's just peeking up it was it was awesome yeah Uh, i mean it's uh it's funny because we used to talk so much shit on, on turkey hunting and for whatever reason, the last couple of years for sure. But definitely this year, like, it's captivated me more than anything. But also, I mean, I've been a part of five birds going down. Yours would be the sixth. Obviously, I wasn't there, but um, all scenarios was multiple birds on decoys and the decoys getting destroyed i mean it's crazy which is so cool you can't beat that you can't beat that because sometimes like that the run and gun is is fun it is but normally you just don't get that kind of action no you'll you'll get them strutting coming in but normally like you're in cover or like you you know it's not always the most ideal setups because you know you fire a bird up and you you got to hit the dirt or hit get a tree and so they're normally like coming through trees and you just, when you get your shot opportunity, you just take it. And there's right. definitely a rush to that. Like you, you call well, that burden. Right. Especially when you're working them with like a diaphragm call or something. Yeah. You're, there's, you're working it. And there's, there's a huge a sol- rush to that. Yeah, there's a solitude of that. Like where it's just mano y mano, you versus yeah. the bird. And, and that's gotta be insane. But. And, and it is, but that's, it's, it's also super hard to capture that. Well, oh. um, it's so hard to capture that not capturing it well even with a cameraman self-filming your self-filming is ridiculous to cap i mean that's yeah it's self-filming is hard regardless but so anyway it's just yeah having that set up to be able to capture it all on video is i don't know was cool and then i don't know i i don't like really i don't really think about this anymore but then I looked at the footage and how just the whole setup. I looked at all my GoPro footage of like walking in and this and that and my interview after. And I'm like, this is all like, I didn't have a cameraman. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. Self filmed. I mean, that's just, I'm fucking real. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it puts a different element to the sport and I'm not saying like, it's not a, a bragging thing. I just, like, it's something I'm proud of that we do because like, I'm not knocking on anybody, but you just take any big hunters on the outdoor channel or anything. And like, I don't know, maybe they can or would, but tell them to go produce something like that all by yourself. Right. 
No, no help. Not only start to finish. I'm not saying they can't, but nobody wants to do that. Right. Nobody right. wants to do that. No, that's that's more of that's more of it. Yeah, it's. it's I'm not saying nobody can. I mean, if we can, anybody can do it. Yeah. But nobody, like you don't want to do that. You know, no, it's a lot of freaking work. You should. I should. I mean, my saying that morning, I said on camera a couple of times, my my saying was, I'm going in heavy. I'm coming out heavy. Because like, <laughs> most people are always like, you got a bird on the back. They're like, I'm coming out heavy. I'm like, I'm going, I went in there with two decoys. I have a, my backpack. Full. I did, I did have my, I have a thermos seat. Um, I got my two. Tr- there, I had, there's your plug. I had a tripod, my uh, my fourth arrow uh, monopod. I have obviously my book bag's full of shit. I got my gun. Um, I mean, I had my GoPro out with me. I'm loaded you're up. You're filming. And- you're you're trying to film like going in too. Like, oh, it's insane. I and I hate doing this, but I couldn't. Everything I was carrying was so heavy. I think I had the two tripod, the tripod and monopod in my hand. So I just had my GoPro like up against my tripod, kind of holding it with my thumb. <laughs> but I have to like I'm walking in and it's, you know, it's lower than my it's not like up in the air because I can't hold the tripods up in there like that. So I'm just <laughs> like, man, obviously I'm I'm sweating and everything. I'm just carrying a lot of stuff. In. And then on the way out, I, I carried the whole bird. Like I carried all of that and the bird and the bird <laughs> and and was filming my my GoPro died twice on the way out, but I was filming what I could. <laughs> so, awesome, man. Um, yeah, it was an, in, I mean, it was an insane hunt. Like I, we, we talked, my dad was, our dad was on the fence of being up there with me. He had to get home for something. So it would have been ridiculous if he would have been, cause it would have been awesome to, we obviously don't know what would happen, but the way it turned out, we probably would have doubled up. Um, yeah. Cause those birds didn't, they stuck around for a second after I, after I shot the one. Um, but just, I mean, yeah, unreal hunt. I'm looking forward to everyone watching it. Go watch it. It's on our YouTube channel. I know turkey hunts. Sometimes they're just, they're not the most, uh, this, this one doesn't suck exciting, but this one's pretty, honestly, they've gotten gotten progressively better. I feel like as the, as the years gone on, they have, They've gotten progressively better as the yeah. years go on. Yeah. Um, and the better they get, the more they're like, you know, the more I'm like, man, we I want to find new ways to film wanna, these things. Yeah, I want to do it again. I, I want to like get sick footage this way. And like, you know, when you're learning how to turkey hunt, at least and trying to self film for what you're just like, I just got to kill a bird. Right. You know? Right. Or if it gets late in the season and you have, obviously it's easier when you have a handful of birds tagged and now it's like, let's just have some fun. Sure. Um, and it's kind of gotten to that that point, but uh, hell yeah, that was it was crazy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Congrats! I mean, the the footage is insane. I mean, you know, dad being with you or not, like you know, it just it just sets it up for another opportunity for another cool hunt. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, just no idea what could happen or what you know what you guys get yourself into. You know, the rest of the next couple of weeks of the season or whatever. And I mean. Yeah, we'll get a few hunts in for sure. And the cool thing is too, I'll like now I'll just solely be a cameraman and I'll well, I'm you don't gonna have wanna, a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, my my point is that I'm gonna be like that's all I'll be focused on. So right, right. I'll be we'll be trying to capture another one really, really good. So it's yeah. just cool to Hell yeah. Cool to do that. Hell yeah. I was I was actually poking around public land that same morning. Um, yes. I didn't, I didn't hear shit, but still trying to bust into the public land thing. It's tough. Like the public land down here in Tennessee is tough. Cause it's so, it's so terrainy. Like, and there's very little fields and openings and stuff like that for Turkey hunting, at least that, you know, and now with the foliage, full, full foliage, you know, you're walking into, if you haven't been to a certain area yet, I mean, you're walking into something in the dark that you've never been to before i mean you could look at onyx maps all you want but going in in the dark in a scenario like that is kind of tough tough because you don't know what you could sit down somewhere and it gets light and you're just like i can't see 
fancy shit. It could be a fucking rattlesnake right next to you. I mean, like, it's just, it's crazy. So, um, but I'm, I am, I am, uh, definitely trying to fill my other Tennessee tag. That's for sure. So the surge continues. Got what? A couple weeks. Yeah. The till the 28th, dude. That's long. Yeah. That's long. They they, They, well, they, it used to start in the end of March and go till like mid mid May, you know, first week or two of May. But now, I mean, it didn't start until I think it was April 17th this year. Um, and now, you know, now it, they, they did the same thing that they did up in Ohio. They pushed it back two weeks, which is good. We, I mean, we obviously need it up here. We need time for those, them to breed and, be able to nest safely to get a hatch. I haven't seen a lot of birds around here. I haven't actually tried a ton, so I don't know, but I, there's people right in our immediate area that are like, dude, there are so many birds this year. And I'm like, maybe I'm driving in the wrong spots. I don't drive around a ton of fields, at least when I'm home right here. So maybe I just don't, don't see them, but I'm like, man, I haven't seen any birds. Yeah. It's weird. I guess it can be, spotty or something i don't know it's gotta be because yeah just a couple people have said they're they're seeing a lot of birds and i'm like that's awesome i'm I'm good to hear that because i haven't seen shit but hopefully it changes here in the next couple years because we had a couple spots right around here that were just money and they're completely vacant the last two three years oh my gosh maybe more than that three or four years yeah i think it i think a lot of that has to do with the corn piles and coons corn piles and coons yeah it's see i mean it i it does it definitely does but there's not a ton of people that feed like right now so yeah i guess i don't know i mean some people do i guess like the bird feeders and this and that but yeah i just i thought about that too and i'm like not most deer hunters like they're not feeding year round just too expensive to do that um Mm -hmm. So, but it's definitely just, just feed piles in general in the fall. Definitely. I mean, they allow the raccoon population to friggin' flourish. Oh my God. They're, they got feed all winter long. So it's brutal. So that's, Talking that's probably the worst part of it is these, there's just nothing that kills coons a- anymore. And they have unlimited food supply. So they're going right. to multiply like friggin' rabbits. And they do, and they and are. then that and then that hurts the nesting of the turkeys because those those things are garbage egg eating friggin' fiends, bastards, bastards, good, good for nothing bastards. There shouldn't be seasons. Speaking of eating, I got a little something for you. Mm-hmm. So your recommendation for the uh, venison. Philly cheesesteak. Oh yeah, those are good. I did it. They're I didn't so, know I didn't so know easy. what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't either. I pulled out a pack. It's actually Jack Daniels, North Dakota. Dude. That's what I did. I pulled out a pack and it said it said chops on it. Yeah, and I, I didn't think... I'm like chops. I'm trying to think. I'm like what like what chops? What's that? And so I, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm thinking it's like the steak meat from the hind quarter. I'm like, oh, this will, this is perfect. So I thought out, you know, and it's in the white, the white um, wrapping or whatever. Paper, yeah. Wrapping. I let it thaw out for a couple hours and I take it out, dude, and it's the front chunk of the back strap. It's, dude, it was fucking huge. Like... <laughs> When I look at some of the, like, I got some of the, I got some of Cartman's backstrap and I mean, five-year-old deer in New York, like I got a, one of the, my does backstraps, like just a couple pieces that I had left, but I took that thing out and I'm like, holy shit, dude, this thing's like the size of my thigh. <laughs> like it was fucking huge. And it had to be just the front portion of the, of the backstrap. And I'm like, I'm committed now. Like I, that wasn't necessarily what I would maybe want to like roast, but oh, it had to be insane, dude. 
I threw that thing in a crock pot and I didn't have any beef broth or I had chicken broth. That was it. So I used chicken broth. I, so I put the, I put the road or the backstrap in the crock pot. I reload rubbed it with the steak and chop. And then I put uh, chicken broth. I like filled up the bottom of it, like probably half. So the backstrap was like submerged like halfway. Yeah. Some onions, threw them in there, cut up some a green, two green peppers, threw it in there, and then I put a little minced garlic on the top of it. Dude, I let that thing roast for like seven hours. Oh my and god! And the last hour, I had uh, cut up portobello mushrooms. Yeah. The big, the long fuckers. Yeah. Put them in there. The lat you can't put the mushrooms in early because they'll wilt away. There'll be nothing left. Yeah, you got to put them in. <laughs> the last hour, you put them in. So they, you know, they soften up and then you got a good mushroom, dude. And then like you suggested to me, I got those fucking Hawaiian rolls, dude. Who's with those things? Whoever, whoever made those Hawaiian rolls needs to be kissed in the mouth. I mean, love cushions. Oh my God. Like those things are perfect. They're little, they got... Like 12 of them all stuck together. So you could make one big fucking sandwich if you want, or you could have like little slider sandwiches. Yeah. Dude, I, that meat shredded so easily. Oh, and the other thing I did, which I added later, I went to the store and I got one of those Aju packets. Yeah. I put it like. Aju's key. Half of the amount of water that they asked for, and I just made sure that I stirred it all up before I dumped it in there. And I put that in there at like the three hour mark. So it was maybe like halfway, a little less than halfway through. But I didn't have any, so I had to go to the store and get it. Dude, that shit was so fucking good. I took I took a uh, a whole roll row of Hawaiian rolls and I cut it like a hot dog bun and I just opened. <laughs> I just opened that son of a bitch up. <laughs> I piled that thing on there with meat and peppers and onions and portobellis. Dude, and then I covered it in provolone. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then you put it back. Shove that provolone in the broiler so that, oh, my good. It was like a fucking, it was like a Philadelphia cheesesteak venison fucking pizza. It was but- so good. Priceless. Dude, I it's a, honestly it's a $20 sandwich. All day. You could sell you could sell those little sliders for five bucks a pop, no problem. Yeah. I mean it should be no almost problem. more because they you they're hand harvested. Hand hand carved coca bowl. Dude. Wow. I was shook. I was shook. Cause like it's so hard. You know, we cook, I mean, four to five nights a week easily. So do know? we. Our, our freezer is stocked with meat. Like we don't need to go, we don't go to the store to buy meat. We might buy chicken every once in a while, but we don't buy shit. No, you just buy the stuff that goes with the meat. Right. We're stocked up. We got burger meat. We got sausage. We got back straps. We got steaks. We got it all. We, we just, we're good. And we're, it's dwindling. So yeah, so is mine. Come come here quick. We got a little bit of, I think like half a breast for my Tennessee turkey down here. But other than that. We don't need to buy meat, so but it's like I don't know. You cook that much, and it's it gets you want to do something different. So you when you to. said when you said those venison fillies the other week, and oh my god, I, well, still- Kelly doesn't love you know the sandwich portion of it. So we just made I made a thing of mashed potatoes, and she just put the whole mixture of meat of and threw over mashed potatoes. Holy shit! Insane. You got to think of new things to do, but it's if, if whatever meal you're making, you, I, you can substitute the meat with some type of venison Oh, easily. and just make like we, yeah, we eat it almost every night. It's amazing. It's, yeah. It's, it's taco. Like, dude, there's so many creative things you can do. And on like shit, Instagram and reels and TikTok, And there's just so many, those Hawaiian rolls are a game changer. If you use them, number one, you can just pop one of those out of the package and eat it and you'll enjoy it oh my god put a but, little warm that thing up and put a oh little oh my god you just cream your shorts and for sliders 
the nice thing is for making those, it's always hard to prepare a slider because it's a you're putting meat on a tiny bun. All you do with the Hawaiian rolls is you cut that whole slice of bread in half. Yep. And, and then you pile all of your meat, all your cheese on that whole flat piece of bread, Hawaiian roll. It's like you a fucking the, yeah, queen you put bed. The, you put the top right back on it, put, the, put it back in the oven, and then when you take it out, you just take a big knife and cut them all up. And how many are there? There's like 16. I think there's like 12 to 16, yeah. So then you have 12 to 16 sliders, boom, 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 and you didn't have to individually make them. Dude, freaking you with I've seen them done with uh dude breakfast sandwiches. Breakfast you just, sand, yep. You just cover it in like you could do venison sausage, then just cover it in scrambled eggs, some like cheddar cheese. You could put bacon on top of that and then you put the top bun on it and then you could like drizzle butter and uh butter and butter syrup painting on top of it and then you oh, put that back God. in the oven, maybe sprinkle oh. it with a little like uh you know, some kind of pepper or something, then you put it back in the oven and then it Fuck. melts. Holy Fuck. shit. My God. It's not even fair. It's insane. We need to and, get a, we need to get a partnership going with Hawaiian rolls, dude. And I the others for the rest of my life, every single day, the other sleeper is, which this doesn't have to do with venison, but take those Hawaiian rolls and make <laughs> your French toast batter and just roll those things in it. Wait, what? Dude, that whole front, that whole, like, you can rip those things apart. So they're like, they're little Hawaiian rolls. Yeah, I do it just, all the time. Yeah, and then make your make your French toast batter, and you just roll those things in the French toast batter, and then and then cook those on the pan. You know, you roll them on the pan, and put some, like, uh, home-harvested maple syrup, local ha- maple syrup on those things. You're blowing my mind right now. Dude, though, that is the softest... Oh my God. French toast. Wouldn't you, how did you, what did, what made you think of that? I saw dude. it on the, I saw it on, I think it's Instagram reels, dude. And I was like, I, I'm a French toast. Like I freaking love French toast. Love it. Oh, I, I love, love really any, any breakfast, any breakfast food with syrup. Your boy loves it. But <laughs> can you pop the top? Give me a little sampler. You, yeah. You put a little, a little more for me. No, high, <laughs> no high fructose corn syrup, please. Um, Got to get yeah. that log cabin, baby. Yeah, try try that, dude. French toast with Hawaiian rolls—that is insane. A, that is fucking genius. And if you I want, was thinking you were gonna say cut them in half and oh no, you don't even need to, dude. That's gotta be just. I mean, great. you can you if you take want. The whole, you could take the whole roll with your fingers and just dip it in syrup and bite yeah, it. That, yeah, exactly. You just have a you just like have a little Hawaiian syrup French toast muffin. That's exactly what you do. Coat it with powdered sugar. Fuck. Dip that in the friggin' syrup and then you got your got, little handhelds. I only got like three rolls. Dude, that whole roll, that whole thing, the last two nights, we, last night we had leftovers of the Philly cheese, well, the venison Philly. I There's three rolls left. Just me. Just, Just me. Crushing them. Crushing rolls. Crushing Hawaiians. You can do anything with those, man. Friggin', you can do like turkey. PBJ's got to be pre- pretty good on them. Yeah, um, you can do like turkey bacon and ranch sliders cover that oh whole thing those God. are insane um i just little, thought of this little, bur- little burger sliders would be f- insane yeah there i just thought of this too though but you could do like a uh almost like a mick griddle and oh. and you could probably put a small layer of sausage in between and then do the french toast thing oh my god and then you got mcgriddles man shit fuck mcgriddles you got hawaiian yeah i just ideas mcgriddle they are not Venny griddles ven griddle we're gonna invent the new ven griddle we'll call them the alohas for the hawaiian <laughs> roll <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna make the venison ven griddle it's called the aloha honey why don't you come downstairs i have made you a cup of coffee and aloha with some maple syrup it's going to make you so happy in your pantalones. You're yeah. going to want to touch me in my pantalones. <laughs> it's going to make your socks shoot right off your feet. <laughs> Can I interest you in a sock change? Can I interest you in a sock change? This will blow your mind. Have a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> Have a seat. Please, you're going to need to be sitting down for this. Have it a is seat. going to literally blow your mind. Have a seat right here. 
Would you this like will, powdered sugar? This would does be nice. Bear, does a bear shit in the woods? Yes, it does. So, yes, I do. And syrup? Yes. Maple syrup? Yes. Ah. <sighs> Gosh damn it, that's good stuff. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I gotta go get another pack of Hawaiian rolls. That's just what needs to happen because I gotta try this French toast, and I'm definitely trying the the Hawaiian Van Griddle. Gotta do that Van Griddle. The, the Aloha Van Griddle. The Aloha. Come, come, have yourself an Aloha Van Griddle. <laughs> Those might be a new thing. I'm gonna yeah. try it too. I just thought of it. I haven't done it yet. Oh, we just lost David. We lost David. Where did he go? There he's, he's back. He's, he's back. That made me nervous for a second. Yeah, dude, I'm definitely going to the store and getting some more Hawaiian rolls because I'm doing the Van Griddle. Aloha Van Griddle. We gotta. We're gonna have to do a. Um, we're gonna have to do a little video on that now. Got to. Because gotta show the people. Yep. The, the Van Griddle. No ifs, ands, or boots about it. Got to do it. Got to do the Van Griddle. See ya. See ya. See ya tomorrow for a Van Griddle. See you tomorrow. Good shit. Well, yeah, that was good. That was good chat. Got some turkey hunting in. Got some other stuff in. Got some LASIK. Invented a new sangi called the Van Griddle. I mean, what more do you like? Love it. I wish we could talk further, but we got to go talk to other people. We do. Got some new stuff coming down the pipeline, y'all. Can't wait to show yous or hear yous. It's been fun. It's been real. Yeah. Until next Wednesday, you all know where to find us. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you don't. Definitely check out Dino's solo turkey hunting vid. Uncle Jay's Snowbirds on there. Opening day New York's on there. Our Tennessee doubles on there. You know, there's a lot of good stuff. Recent good stuff on there. You guys got to go check out. So go to our YouTube channel. Check it out. Instagram at Team Tag and Brag, Facebook at Tag and Brag, and on Spotify right here. Do it. Hell yeah. Oh, I just got an email today also saying that we busted into the top 200 on Apple Podcasts for Wilderness Podcasts. Listen. Top 200, let's go. I, don't I, feel, I feel like that's a that's decent. I don't fucking know. We don't even know. could be horrible, but. It could be shitty. It could, there could be 205 fucking Wilderness Podcasts. I don't know. <laughs> But we busted in the top broke 200, so let's go. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Until next time, folks, keep it chasing. Keep goose chasing. We love, love y'all. You.